0: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Stone Genius. I'm Ro, I'm the Stone Genius, you know me. I'm often stoned, always a genius. Hey, today in studio, which we all know means my living room in studio today, I have a co-host. Hey, Bobby. Hey. Oh, hold on. Why are you not talking? I am talking. Oh, there you go. Hey, Bobby. Hey. Dang producer. What's wrong with that person? <laughs> not having your microphone on. Then we also have a return guest. We have Blaine Lewis back in the studio. Hey, Blaine. Hey, what's going on? Not much. Oh, and the, the, <laughs> what? there we go. I didn't have, I didn't have the audience turned up.
1: Oh man. See, I
0: always forget. I turn the music down so they can oh. hear me talk, and then I forget to turn it up whenever I do the first thing. So
1: the audience can hear.
0: Exactly. I mean, so, so we can
1: hear the audience clapping.
0: Exactly, Bobby. So the reason Blaine, I wanted to have you back is. I wanted to talk about this last week. We had talked about um, your career as a cannabis entrepreneur, uh, grower, uh, CEO, everything that you do. But you had mentioned that you are from South Georgia. That's correct. And you mentioned that you used to do EMT work in the South Georgia, North Florida Area, correct?
2: Yeah, that's correct. I was, um, yeah, I was an EMT in South Georgia, is where I started. And then I went to uh, paramedic school and uh, I did, I was a paramedic in North for- or in Florida, mostly in North Florida and South Georgia and in Atlanta.
0: So, what's the difference? So, I'm going to ask before we get into the crazy stories, because that's actually because there just has to be crazy stories. So, Bobby yeah, and I sure. have talked about if I die peacefully in my sleep i want her to drag me out to the computer desk like open up just the weirdest fetish porn <laughs> on the computer because i want the, the people that come and find my bodies to have a story i mean if you're the emt court whoever comes i don't know who arrives so whoever arrives and it's like oh this this middle-aged man passed peacefully in his sleep you're not going to tell anyone about that <laughs> but if you find me hunched over the computer with a wad of what looked like used Kleenex, two empty bottles that's of a lotion. Story for sure. Yeah, then it's <laughs> for a, sure. you're telling on your way out. <laughs> you're you calling yeah, someone sure. and going, "Oh my god, when I get back to the station, you will not." And that's yeah. what I want. So I assume you have some of those stories.
1: But dude. we also talked about if that like if I move you, is that okay?
0: We did. So we actually had, <laughs> we, so I had an attorney on, and we asked whether that was okay. And if we put it in writing, it's called the right of sepulcher, that if we put it in writing that at the time of death, so it, your will goes into effect as soon as you die. Correct. Most people, it's like monetary, and it's things that take some time to come to fruition or to happen. Well, in this, it's, can she move my body without being you know, oh, well, you moved the dead person. Uh, this right, looks right. creepy or something. And, <laughs> and she can. So um, which I don't think too many other people have given it that Can't level of thought. Like, oh, what? I mean, I just always remember the the first person that I remember dying and it's not the first i know that i i I know that my great grandmother passed away we were in wichita at the time but that didn't like impact because she just passed peacefully in her sleep the first person that i remember dying was elvis presley okay i was nine the summer that he passed away about to turn 10 years old and he died eating a peanut butter and banana sandwich while taking a shit and i'm like That is a because I don't (laughs) know that. I mean,
2: how do you know that? Yes,
0: I mean, (laughs) like that is a story. I mean, it doesn't. And I've told Bobby, I don't like, I don't like bananas. But make me a peanut butter banana sandwich. Put me in the shitter, and I will be. That will be great. That'll be a great story for the EMTs. Know a lot of people
2: actually die in the bathroom. I. For, it's... because it's the, the straining if they especially if they have heart problems the strain oh. in it it actually stimulates the tenth cranial nerve which is the vagus nerve and it drops their heart rate too low and they already have you know cardiac compromise and it can't support it so they actually go into cardiac arrest <sighs> so I've gotten a bunch of people out between the toilet and the bathtub uh, really it's, yeah. That's a common, that's actually really common. (laughs) So, okay. So I want to, I want to back up a little because I I want, I I want this to be
0: a little. I wonder
1: they put it in the movies all the time.
2: Yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: So, so you mentioned a paramedic and then you, no, you said EMT and then you went to paramedic school. Correct. So what's the difference between, I would have just assumed, I I didn't know there was a difference. What's the difference between EMT and a
2: paramedic? Yeah. There's a lot. Most people don't understand the difference and, and each state is, has their different credentials. And uh, most states um, most states are guided by a national guideline as well. So I, me personally and the states that I work in also have a national standard, which is called National Registry. And uh, once you go through the National Registry curriculum of schooling, you test out for there. And then most states that recognize that type of testing offers uh, reciprocity and just issues a license once you show that you have your national license in good standing. So... The difference between an EMT is, again, is state-based from a national standard, kind of. Right. That makes sense. And um, in Georgia, Florida, most states, I think EMT school now is um, to work on the ambulance, on on an emergency ambulance. I think it's like 13 months, four semesters, so like 14, 15 months. Okay. Um, And then once you complete that, you have to complete that before you go into a paramedicine program. So, in Georgia, I'll speak for Georgia because I know that one because I was an instructor in Georgia for several years. Um, there's a couple different levels. You have an EMT basic, or EMT is what they call it now. And they change the names to be all correct. Right. But um, it's an EMT, and then you have an advanced EMT, and then you have a paramedic. And then um, those are your three things. To be on the uh, 911 truck, you have to be an ALS unit, which is Advanced Life Support Unit for 911. Now, if you're not, a, if you're not, um, if there's not at least one paramedic on the ambulance, typically they are more transport. That's not necessarily all the time, but typically it's more just interfacility transport, stable patients, taking patients from nursing homes to dialysis clinics and doctor's offices, things like that. Um, most services try to have a paramedic, at least one, on every 911 ambulance. Um, there's a huge paramedic shortage now in the, across the country, and it, I don't know the fix of it. Nobody really knows how to fix it. It's just something that is just kind of fading out, unfortunately. And um, we, we need these people, obviously. Is What was the... So
0: we had talked a little bit about what you drew that to that uh, career before on the previous episode. But... When you got to the career, what was the biggest thing that you were like, oh, this is almost exactly what I thought I was hoping it would be just like this? And what was the thing like, oh, I didn't. Ex- what was the thing that was most unexpected from the job?
2: I pretty much expected everything. I, you know, I was raised in in the EMS ambulance service because my mom. You know, right. Um, so I, I pretty much knew the ropes from the get go. Now, as an instructor, I see people, I can see it in their eyes when they realize this is not what they're wanting. This is not, they had no idea what something like that looked like. Right. You know, we would get students coming in, and this was their first ride. And and it, when you're coming into this profession, like, you really, there's two ways of doing it. You're either going to ease into it. Right. Or you're going to dive head first. <laughs> and what I mean by that is we'll get students that their very first call ever as a student riding, never seen anything like this before in their life show up and it's just gunshot wounds, you know, bad stuff with kids happen and they're traumatized. It it messes, you know, someone who hasn't hardened their psyche up and come learn how to compartmentalize um, it's really hard on these people and, and and they're done. They're physically drained. I mean, Mm -hmm. we'll take them in rural EMS, you know, we have sometimes two hour transports to the hospital. So we have these critical patients for two hours and it's a huge adrenaline spike to a lot of people that's not used to this. So two hours of your adrenaline just running through the roof, they're like in the back of the ambulance riding back to the station asleep. <laughs> they're passed out drooling, and um, and then we never see them again. They just quit. Oh. They just disappear because it really messes with your head when you see this, especially when you start dealing with kids and things like. It's not in our human nature to be able to psychologically handle this kind of stuff, right? Um. You know, where our minds are not set up until until you ease into it, or you can just get thrown into it. And some people, some people are prepped mentally for this, like me, and I kind of have a dark. Those people tend to have a dark sense of humor, right? They they compartmentalize, and um, it's a job. You know, I, I do my job, and when I go home, I'm I'm done. I don't even think about it again. And um, I know a lot of people probably say that's not healthy, but it's what you got you to know, do to get and- through. I think.
0: I do think it's it's the way you look at things because... 100%. You know, the because uh, what some people think are... And I forget, Bobby and I were just having a discussion, I think, about kind of like your view. And I forget who the person was, but they like helped with ambulance service and things back in the... It was almost like a candy striper, but they were helping. And there was a story about how this person, they were famous... Um, someone in a car accident had been decapitated and the Mm -hmm. head had gone under something and no one wanted to do it. And this person was like, I'll I'll get it. And just like went under and got it because to them, it was just an object at that time.
2: Yeah, and you have to think like that. I mean, you really do or it'll mess with you. You know, I have had calls where, you know, mentally I started slipping and started thinking about it and you got to like, no, no, stay away. Don't think about it, you know, and you do have to be that way or you won't, it will mess with you. I mean, sleepless nights, it'll t- you'll take it home with you. And, and I'm guilty of taking my work home with me as far, you know, I try not to think about it, but you know, this job changes your profession. Like your, th- this profession changes your home life because you, you know, it does make it harder for a home life. It, you know, it makes relationships harder. Right. Um, because you, you're cold, you're turned off, you know, you you're, you can be very distant and, and closed. And, you know, it's just, part of it you know and so how have you and i know that you've
0: kind of transitioned out of this profession but how did you do that because you're in a, a you're basically a two mt emt family you and your your girlfriend she, are both yep, emts she, correct that's
2: correct she's a uh, so my mom's a paramedic my girlfriend is an advanced emt um, she's licensed in the state of georgia and she's national registered also um and it's We'll always probably be that. Even though I, I don't ever foresee myself going back to paramedicine, I probably I work too hard for right. my license. Like I know anybody that's been through paramedic school knows it's it's rough, right? You know, so we're not going to let those lapse.
0: So, did you enjoy <laughs> being a trainer? So, did I would assume that necessitated you being on a truck? I don't know if that's the right term, yep. but uh, being being out on call. So, if you're a trainer, you're
2: you're not doing that. Did you prefer that more? So I had a lot of different roles at a lot of different times in okay. EMS, you know, uh, depending on what's going on, you know, if we're short-handed, obviously I'd have to go back back on the ambulance, but um, ultimately I was a field training officer. So I was still riding on oh, okay. the ambulance for a majority of my career up until like the last two years, right until COVID hit, when we started becoming short-handed, then I started having to go back on the ambulance. Cause I was only part-time at, the, at that point or right after that, after okay. COVID hit, I went part-time, but, um, You know, as far as which one I enjoyed, I really enjoyed initial education. And, uh, you know, we have initial education and continuing education. I enjoyed seeing the students come from the street and watching them evolve into a really good medical personnel. You know, uh, continuing education, (laughs) um, you know, I I love my coworkers, but it's like teaching a bunch of kindergartners a lot of times right. you know just trying to round them up you know mm-hmm. like, all right y'all get back in here because they were so comfortable in that environment that it was like all right y'all got to let's pay attention let's pay attention stay on track because you know the next thing they're in, you got a group over here that's talking about the crazy calls they had right. last shift and it's like <laughs> you know back over here and um but the initial education portion of it, it it really allowed me as an instructor to almost be like almost have like a like an artist, you know, I was able to sculpt these new minds and right. whatever I wanted them to be and train them how I wanted it. And I know that could be kind of biased, but it was, you know, as people looked at me a certain way because I was the instructor. Right. And I wanted that to project to my students as well. So when they ask, cause that was, a, that's a common question that an FTO at a different service would say, well, who's your instructor? Oh, I can tell who your instructor. I bet your instructor so and so because the way they do things, you right? Know, the, your students start showing a reflection of what you are as an instructor, and I thought that was our, always pretty cool, right? So,
0: okay, so now to fast forward, did you have any questions, Bobby? Oh. okay. So, what is the do do you remember your first call? And if it's if it's traumatizing, I don't want to I don't want to bring those up. That's not what. <laughs> no, but no, I no. mean, like, do you remember?
2: Actually, I do I, I remember my first bad call? Okay, like, I was as a student, um, and it was a uh, I didn't know the person personally. See, I see. All right. So side note: I, I try to never work in my area that I'm from because I don't. Again, I compartmentalize. I don't want to see the people that right. I know, right. you know, in their hardest times in right. their life. So I've always worked. Um, I've picked up some shifts here and there in my home county, but I've never worked. I've always stayed a couple counties over. Where I didn't really know a whole lot of people. And um, but in the school, when I was in school and for EMT, um, my first it was my first dead person actually was my first call. And uh, a lady, she had a medical emergency. Like, like she went unresponsive for seizures. I think she had seizures mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. I mean, this was like. 16, 17 years ago. Uh-huh. Um, I think she had seizures or something. But anyway, she went unresponsive, ran her stop sign, and got hit by a semi. And, um, you know, and, and I know it's kind of morbid, but like when, like it was just, a, even at that age, I was 17 at the time. I was 17 at the time because I had to wait a couple of months before I got my, my um, EMT license because uh-huh. I turned 18. And um, it was just whatever. You know, I, I didn't really know how to. I didn't really know how to react at that age. I was just kind of there, like just going through the motion, I guess. And then... Um, so what would your responsibility be on a
0: something like that where... So that person was DOA. Correct, yeah, DOA. De, yeah, so because so, I'm not like you don't get them out of the vehicle or that's, that's not your job. Is your job just to be there to, if there's first aid that needs to be administered and this person need to be taken somewhere, they, you do that.
2: Yeah. So it's all count or it's all depends on what service you're for. Okay. Some services, uh, <laughs> ambulance services are in charge of extrication of, of bodies live or dead. Um, most places, fire department usually has a special force or a special task force for that you okay. know, extrication and because um, it does take a lot of specialized equipment to do things like that. But um, in that particular situation, in most areas, I think my job is still, I mean, I would still have to take that body to the hospital or to the morgue or wherever, okay. you know, the county morgue until an investigation can be done. So that was still my job for that is to just kind of stand by until the fire department was able to extricate. And um, and then we took the body to the county morgue, which is at the hospital, local hospital.
0: So you said on your first one, it was a woman that had a medical issue, uh, ran a traffic signal and got hit by a semi. Yeah. Did you know that? that it's what had happened? Or did you find that afterward? Like, was there... Did, like, is there anything that you don't know? Like, I don't know what happened. Then you find out, oh, well, she had a uh, heart attack. She died. That's why... So she was already dead when she got hit by the truck. Or is that something you can piece together at the scene?
2: Yeah, so part of my job, like what we teach our students is um, scene size up, scene... I mean, we have a bunch of different acronyms to help re- remember all this. But um, you have when you're doing this you're you're treating patients basically like a doctor would you have to do an evaluation on your patient an assessment right. assessment is everything on your patient and that's not just your patient like what's going on around your patient what did the bystanders see what did they say happened and you have to take all these puzzle pieces and put them together to create a a a, a treatment for your patient and this with and, and with dispatching 911 people are on the phone they're usually screaming at the dispatchers mm-hmm. they dispatchers are telling us what they can and when we're going to the call, we have no true idea of what to expect. Like we have a, we have a, a guess of what they're telling us, but that could change a hundred percent one way or a hundred percent the other way. Right. It could be better or worse from what they're telling us. We don't know until we get there, but that particular situation, um, I remember pretty clearly it was just, uh, we were just going to a car versus a semi, which is obviously sounds terrible and it usually is. Right. And then once we got there, we saw the, um, the significance of the issue and and the state of everything, and then we started putting puzzles. Like, well, why? I mean, because this stop sign was out in the middle of nowhere on a country road. Like, why did she? You know, she knows this stop sign. Her husband was already there, right? Because the neighbors didn't called, and you know, we're from a small town, so you know. And he came out and said, you know, she does have seizures, I think, or she has some kind of medical history that would kind of make sense. of why she? Because there was no brake marks or anything. Okay. So those are all the puzzle pieces that you have to kind of piece together. And, um, is that 100%. your responsibility to piece those puzzles? It is. Okay. Yeah. Now, not as far as like reports and stuff, you know, corner needs to come and do his right. report for the official, but for me to treat my person, cause I have to do a report on every person, every patient I come in contact with. I have to do a state guy or a state, um, a state report, a state reporting report. So for, for, uh, the DOT and, uh, all these other acronyms. So they can do uh, research on traffic and, and what, what are our budgets like? What are our calls? You know, are we having a drug problem? Are we having traffic accident problems? Right. All that's documented. Everything. What age group do we run the most calls? What days? What medicines we use the most of? You know, are we giving too much narcotics? Are we not giving enough narcotics? Or whatever the case is, every little detail is tracked from demographics to, you know, whatever. So in the rural
0: South, was there a big oxy problem? Did you run into that?
2: We did. Um, not so much. It, it, was, it was really crazy. It was hit or miss. Like, it was, this town wouldn't have no problem. Right. This town over here has a massive problem. And, um, you know, it really wasn't based on population. It really, I don't know what the actual reports show. Right. But from my experience, from working a bunch of different places and, and, and being training officers in a bunch of different places, like it was really a hit or miss as to what city struggled with uh, narcotics. We didn't really have an ox. We had a fentanyl problem. Okay. The fentanyl outbreak or whatever you want to call it. Right. Crisis or that was was a big problem because that stuff is bad. Like, you know, people that are doing recreational drugs, you know, schedule one drugs or whatever, they're getting it from unreliable sources. Right. And they really don't know what they're getting. Right. So they take, okay, well normally I take this much. So I take this much this time, but with fentanyl, it's way too much. And now they're calling us or their friends are calling us.
0: So on the fentanyl problem, is is fentanyl as dangerous as like, oh, I got within three feet of it and then I passed out? Because I the things that I've heard that it has to be ingested to be either inhaled, somehow it has to be ingested. Correct. And when police officers say that, you know, I, I touched it and then they'll try to, well, but there was someone sitting on top of this large amount. It didn't affect them, but you touched it and went into shock or whatever. Yeah,
2: so every every person's different as far as your uptake of things. You know, if you're sweaty and your pores are open up and you get it on you, yeah, it, it could probably be absorbed, Okay. you know, pretty rapidly. And it is very potent. So, and, um, I mean, fentanyl is like, I'm a little rusty on my numbers, but it's like 10 times or 100 times more potent than morphine right um i mean it's, it's it's dosed in micro doses where morphine is milligrams right so that kind of in your brain you can kind of do a little conversion there as to how much more potent it is a dab will do you kind of thing <laughs> you know <laughs> what was the tv show that we were watching
0: dope sick dope sick so we saw that, and because then it's like, oh, that whole town is devastated. Some, and here,
2: towns like that
3: for sure.
0: See, and that's what's crazy. I mean, I I talk about it before. I know how sheltered and how much white privilege I have, because um, you know we don't see that out here. We right. we know, and so you see it on a TV show, and it's like, eh, it's a TV show.
2: Yeah, but you know what's crazy is from my experience with the fentanyl crisis, like more white people had issues with it than any other race. Really? You know, as, so as far as overdoses, Hispanics are almost next to none, in my opinion. Like, from what I've seen in my personal experience, Hispanics have almost no overdoses. Um, white people have the most overdoses, I think. And then African Americans, they have the most violent crimes, from my opinion.
0: Okay. So on the... So the the first thing you remember seeing, what's the weirdest thing you remember seeing? this
2: and I don't even know where you're <laughs> doing <go. laughs> this job becomes I mean, weirder it, and weirder um I mean I have seen people handcuffed together and forget to lost the keys and you know handcuffed to the bed I've seen oh just crazy stuff So and they
1: call 911
2: Who else you going to call? I don't know. <laughs> like, who would you call? Like, I mean
1: a welder friend I don't <laughs> know <laughs>
0: See and that that's where
2: <laughs> you lost the key
0: to my locksmith? who has, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, Bobby knows me. I would already have thought that out because I, cause, cause I'm because i not just thinking, oh, let's handcuff ourselves together. This will be fun. I'm like, and, and here's the weird thing because Bobby and I have talked. To, let me ask you this question. How many <laughs> fires have you arrived at and there have been naked people from the house outside? Oh, a
2: lot. No. I mean, that's Dang thing, it, that was not the right See? answer. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. What, what was Dang that? Conver- How'd that conversation go?
1: So, so Bob, Sleeping naked. Bobby wouldn't sl- has
0: never slept <laughs> naked nope. in her house. <laughs> that's a legitimate fear.
1: I know. But I, I've always said... <laughs> that's I, what go, I said. I'm like, what if there's a fire? I'm not going to be thinking about... I go, on.
0: I go, have you ever been in a house fire? She goes, no. And I go, so you're living in fear of something that's never happened. <laughs> yeah. And I go, I guarantee you that that's a better story than... My house burnt down. <laughs> is that a good story? Is my house burnt down and I was sleeping naked. So I was outside and I had to ask our creepy neighbor for the story. <laughs> oh, please tell me <laughs> please. more. I mean, so. You
2: yeah. know, I, I went to this house fire once. It was an apartment fire. And uh, I mean, people were jumping out of second story windows just completely naked. I mean, they were just bailing out everywhere.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I guess I just, you know, I've never been in that type of. I keep thinking that I won't be in that type of situation because I try to think of everything to avoid putting myself in that situation. Yeah, I've, I've
2: been in those situations.
1: Well, types we can't help it if our neighbor set the apartment on fire.
0: No, but I also know where, if it's above, if it's them, if it's them, who it is, where my exit is, how I shove you out of the way, how I <laughs> may. Hey, Bobby, can you get on all fours and. I I'm sure it I had to be like no it's not for sex this time I want to climb out oh, over right, the right. top of you get out the window <laughs>
2: give me right. a boost yeah. yeah it's you know I've been in in crazy situations like that so I feel fully confident that I would have enough sense about me at, in a, in a time of my house being on fire to at least put clothes on some shorts
0: and and my thing also is it doesn't take that much it's not like i'm what am i wearing to church today no but you have to understand
2: <laughs> if you deal with people enough you understand people common sense is far and few in between oh, yeah. so that's what you have to really like i've dealt with every type of person you could think of on the ambulance after you know 15 years or so and people they the lack of mentality will always amaze you, I promise. Do you think that's because mm-hmm. of the person or the situation or a combination? A combination, for sure. Okay. Because some there's people that just can't under, they just can't wrap their head around certain situations and, you know, they they get in these situations and they just freak out and have no idea what's going on. Yeah. And then there's some people, like, shots are fired, the world's burning, and, like, this one person is the guy you need to follow or girl you need to follow because they've got it together. They know where the exits are. Those are the guys and girls that are like got it together. That's those are far few in between though. Yeah, i
0: I get so frustrated with the average. I was telling Bobby today that when you have a high IQ and everyone's below you and you have to deal with that, how do you deal with that? I go, well, so I started thinking about how I deal with everyone, and I'm like, well, the bottom fifteen percent, I would just get. R- I would just get rid of, of, and I told Bobby, I go, I would just say, hey, on the other side of this cliff, there's a whole bunch of free meth and oxy, and they would all just go running and dive off, and they they would have no clue. My biggest problem, and this leads to my next question, is I don't like people who misrepresent like, if you are a, a extremely large person and you're like, I, I'm body positive, I'm fi- fine with that. But you're not as healthy as someone who's not that size. Right. I mean, so, and I don't, that's fine. You can be body positive, but you, there's a line that you have to draw at some point. So do you, do you have a lot of people that would just out and out lie to you? Like, have you done drugs? And they're like, no, <laughs> I haven't done any drugs, man. What are you talking about?
2: Yeah, and. You know, everybody's so scared of getting in trouble with whatever, and it's you got to build a rapport with these patients from the get go. You know, right. I show, I, I I was blessed with the way I look. You know, with tattoos and and you know, the way I look in out in public, people can relate to me more than some of my coworkers at that time right. that came in there that just like slinging their bag around, just kind of, you know, had that authority figure mentality that. These people clam up and they're not talking to you. Me, I go to sit down on their couch, you know, and sit down. And I just have a conversation with them, treat them like people. And like I said, the way I look in person is it definitely helped me out with that, to build that rapport. Right. You know, like, look, I'm not a police. I don't care. I mean, I wanted to tell them, like, I smoke weed. Like, it's cool. Yeah. Like, you know, but, right. <laughs> like, whatever. Just tell me. Because there's certain people you don't lie to, you know, I don't think you should lie to your priest if that's your thing. And I don't think you should lie to your doctor. Right. Everybody else, you know, those people, they kind of are, especially a doctor, like don't lie to a doctor about anything, no matter how shameful you are of it, how, what drugs you've done. Just tell them, like, just be cool about it and tell them because they're there to help you. They're not trying to get you in trouble.
0: Yeah. And and I agree with that. And But I don't think there's, because I agree with you, everyone wants to cover their ass and yeah. they don't want to get in trouble. And I would be like, Hey, I took this. Yeah, and I mean, because then I'll be like, well, I will worry about that trouble at, at that point. Right. I mean, and and I'm also a person that with drugs, I don't think drugs should be illegal to begin with. Right. Um, I think they could be better monitored. I believe there should be injection sites if that's what it takes. Or there, I
2: yeah, mean, I, I 100% agree with that. You know, I think it, people are gonna do it, and, and I, I wrap my head around that. That um that meant that type of mentality. I was used to go to a bunch of music festivals and there's this company called dance safe. I don't know if they're still there, but anyways, they would hand out free test kits Uh with the droppers and a card with what color your drugs were, because they had that understanding. Like people are going to do drugs. You're at a music festival. Might as well let them be safe about it. And I 100% agree with that. Now I know a lot of people would come back to the, these arguments or these these things we're saying and say, "Oh well, statistically speaking, those those areas. I think well, Washington has those sites. I think, Is yeah, that correct to say? yeah." And um, you know, their crime rates higher, whatever. You know, and I don't know if that's necessarily the case or not. I mean, I know data don't lie, but data can be coerced. It, it can,
0: yeah, and and massaged and and, yeah. and be presented in a cer- certain way. And, and my thing is I don't think drugs should be like drinking is not illegal, but driving while drinking is illegal. And yeah. I think it should be the same way. And yeah. you know if if drugs cause you to to rob someone, then then it's you get you should be penalized for robbing someone, not oh, the drugs are bad but yeah. i i just assume that a lot of people would do that not want to want not want to be up front with you
2: they want especially if they've they've been in an accident or something and that's understandable because unfortunately if there's been an accident a like car wreck or whatever like right that has nothing to do with me i'm not going to tell the cop like that's just cuz like you know it's just, right. uh, first of all that's against Hippo. he's got to go there's a process he can get that information right but there's a process he has to go through and and um you know, because I'm there for my patient, and a lot of times the cops are trying to. Could you
0: ever shield them, or did you ever shield them? Like the cops are like, I need to speak to him, and you're like, not now.
2: Yeah, yeah, a lot of times, and and a lot of the cops try to be understanding, but they also have a job to do. We have a job to do, but there has been times where it's like, hey, look, I know you're trying to get your report done. I know you're trying to get information, but you're just gonna have to go to the hospital. Like we got to go, you know, we we'll have calls pending. You know we I don't have time to sit here for you plus we have our parameters we have to stay in. So for for trauma patients, you know, we have time limits that we can only be on time that, that statistics have shown these patients have better outcomes if these metrics are met. Right. You know, the time and everything revolves around time. You know, somebody's got a brain bleed, we and I'm sitting here twiddling my thumbs, like I can't do nothing with that. This right. person needs a neurosurgeon. Like this person needs
3: surgery right
2: and um it's only a matter of time until i can get them there and then i have to think about my transport time like where where, who has neurosurgery like how far away is a nurse i'm in south georgia so you know we have tallahassee we have dothan and if i'm at the northern part of my county that's that's a two-hour trip you know um now helicopters and and things like that are are big down there like they're they're lifesavers down there for sure because you know i can call a helicopter especially if it's where we know what we're going to. If we know that our dispatcher has collected a lot of data and they know that it's bad, we can go ahead and get the helicopter flying on the way and they'll meet us there. And Boom, boom, boom. We all work as a team. They're out of there. You know, so heart attacks, strokes, all these things, they, they can be at a facility within 15, 20 minutes. See, and I didn't even think
0: about that. Right. You know, I wonder if people's life insurance is higher yeah. So when we moved out to the when we used to live in the country, we were moving from a really big house in a suburb. Well,
1: oh, our to home the country. insurance was yeah, because the fire department wasn't close enough. Everything yeah.
2: is as far as like I know, especially in in, in South Georgia, um, all your taxes, all your insurance, all that's based on the fire department has okay. nothing really to do with medical. That okay. I know of, unless it fire department, because I know right, some fire yeah. departments have medical staffing okay. on their. Like, well, yeah. I just, I didn't, so I kept calling. Yeah. I, we were trying to find insurance.
0: We were just shopping, and they were like, "Oh, it's going to be like twice as much." And the house <laughs> we were moving to was half the size. Yeah, they looked at like where a fire hydrant <laughs> yeah. is on the sidewalk, where you know. No one ever bothered stuff. to explain that, until right. so I finally called a local agent. I go, I they're need like, someone to explain this. Yeah, your house is going to burn down before yeah, the fire department sure. gets there. That was the exact phrase <laughs> they they said. If your house catches on fire, there. It will burn to the ground.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and, you know, on these long trips, you know, I travel a lot, and I get in some of these places like uh, Texas or uh, New Mexico, out on, like, the reservations, like, you're just dead. Right. Like, if you stump your toe, you're probably, it'll fall off before you get anywhere because (laughs) it's so rural area. Like, I cannot imagine people that live out there, like, what they have to live through, like, how they're like their process of living is crazy. There's there's no doctors, there's no hospital. I and mean, you got to drive two hours just to a Walmart out yeah. on the reservation. Wow.
0: Every once in a while, I think about that. We'll, like, see, like, a nice Sprinter van and be like, oh, we should do the van life. And then I'm like, but if you're doing the van life, <laughs> you're out in all these rural areas, yeah. and if your fucking van breaks down, it's I hope good. you have cell phone coverage, and then... If you don't, I hope there's no bears in the area to eat you on your way to find cell phone coverage. But then having a tow truck, do one of those big vans out of the, I can't. I'd just be like, yeah, that's, I'm, I'm over that now. (laughs) I mean, I that looks so romantic to be, oh, uh, with the van life, let's do that or be in the country of any kind. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, picking someone up.
2: Yeah, and that that goes like, I've got some friends that, you know, something else that a lot of people don't think about is movies. They go to the to foreign areas, foreign countries, and shoot movies and uh-huh. stuff. Um, I've got some friends. They do contracts and work as paramedics. They go on these movies. I got one <laughs> one. Um, he was in uh, New Zealand for Lord of the Rings shoot, and he's from he's from Georgia. Oh, that's and so cool. they've loaded him up, and it's just a team. They they have a tent because they're in the they are in the middle right. of nowhere out in New Zealand, and um, I mean they're hundreds of miles from anything. Yeah. And, See- they have surgeons on standby, doctors, everything for these wow. these actors. It's crazy. That's See, I cool. mean,
3: where
0: we're sitting, I can think of like five hospitals <laughs> within like a five-mile radius of where we're sitting right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, if something happens, I mean, I literally could be at the emergency room. In like in three minutes, minutes. Three yeah, minutes. three to five minutes, depending on That's, if I can get out across our main street there.
2: Yeah, so rural EMS, whether it's in Georgia or 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 here or anywhere, it's pretty much the same. Like you have your community hospital, which is you're either really dead or really not sick to go there, right? And um, you know they're they're there for they have an emergency room. A lot of them that standalone ERs in rural EMS is a big thing now. You know they don't have money for you know putting people actually on the floor or whatever. They may do uh, OB stuff there, but that's right. about it. They may have swing bed stuff like for physical therapy and things like that. But um, standalone ERs are becoming the big thing where you go for basically an urgent care is what it is. Okay, It's an urgent care with labs, um, X-ray, CTs, like emergency, like true emergency stuff just for stabilization. And then they call on mm-hmm. us to ship them right out to one of the larger hospitals, which is, you know, an hour away. See, that would suck. I mean, I can't imagine having
0: something stuck in my butt that needs to be removed at the hospital. She knows I told I told our audience beforehand that... So I couldn't imagine, like, I mean, something... Okay, let's say not stuck in the butt. Let's say whatever. <laughs> well, they but, you They could probably know,
1: take care of that at the local hospital.
0: You think so? Uh, <laughs> <I don't
1: know.
2: laughs> they'll probably transfer you just for the laugh.
0: I know. We, we got to show everyone to
1: see this. Yeah, yeah. That, that's how it goes.
2: Like we're, we're, you're getting transferred. <laughs> yeah, everybody. A- and and there's the report. Everybody. You, report. They're gonna report. usher you in with open arms when you get to the next facility. I promise.
0: <laughs> I would be like, because that
3: would suck.
2: I mean, like if you. So
0: uh, a friend of my sister's, he was out, like, uh, they were hiking out in Oklahoma, and he tried to jump over a creek and ended up snapping his ankle, compound fracture. And they were, like, two hours from where they had parked. Yeah. Yeah. And so they had to go. Someone had to go for a while before they could get the phone signal. I'm, yep. like, just thinking the amount of time that they had to wait with a compound fracture. And I'm just like, ah. And then, he, and that's like he was out in the middle because I'm thinking he's at least camping. Someone could be at home in a rural area, and right. you could pick him up, and they still have an hour ride and yeah, be in pain. easy. And
2: and, and you got to think like our ambulance. If you park two hour or however long you said away, right. Like that's me having to move you that far. Also, yeah, it's very painful. That's you know, uh, you know, I didn't really use a lot of fentanyl. I use fentanyl for cardiac stuff, but my my go to drug for that kind of thing was ketamine. 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 Um, you know, ketamine, at first, when ketamine started—because ketamine's been around forever. Right. You know, but when—in my career, as I saw ketamine evolve, when it first started coming back, a lot of doctors were against it because that's not a—it's not an analgesic. It's a dissociative. It's not a pain medicine. So a lot of doctors were kind of giving some backlash, saying, well, you're treating pain with something that's not a pain medicine. Right. But it works, <laughs> you know, and— um, And ultimately, that's what matters. That's what matters. It makes my—you know, the pain is still there, regardless if I give them pain medicine or ketamine— The difference is my patient's happy and comfortable, and even more importantly, pain medicines. If I give you a pain medicine IV, like you're you're high for hours, right? Like pain medicine works for pain, right? You know, and we pick patients up with 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 fractures that fail, and obviously, okay, you obviously got a broke ankle, and I give them some some or more or whatever the protocol was for for actual analgesics, and their pain's gone. All right, so I get them to the hospital an hour later. That pain medicine's still working good. The doctor's trying to assess them, and they're like, oh, my ankle hurts. And that's it. They leave it at that. All right, well, they just get sent home. They get casted, sent home, whatever. We'll come to find out they actually had a broke femur also that the doctor missed, and now the doctor's get catching crap for missing this fracture. Well, the, the patient never had pain in his, in his hip or his femur right. because guess who gave him pain meds? <laughs> you know. And um, so with ketamine, it has a very uh, short life. So our ha- short half life, which means it, it your body, uh, you basically metabolizes it fast and you, you sober up faster. Right. In a nutshell, and uh, so I could give it to you in a small increment, small dosage, and if I need more, 15, 20 minutes later, I can give you more, and it's gone. And twenty minutes later, you're completely sober, and you're the doctor can actually do a good assessment, and it protects the doctor from missing something. It protects us from missing something because mm-hmm. swelling.
0: Yeah. You know, we're with. See, these I never, so long. I never thought of that. I was like, if if I broke my arm or something i would be like give me as much because i i didn't even think of that yeah uh, you know oh well i may have missed something like if i fell and say broke my arm it also dislocated my shoulder but my yeah. arm was more the problem and
2: that's why your brain will work too right your brain won't say oh it's my arm it's my elbow it's, it's my arm is all you'll tell me right in that moment and that's my job to go poking and pushing on things to find out and we're with patients so long and not just trauma but medical as well um, we were with these patients for so long that things changed drastically for the better or the worse. So, your 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 wrist hurts now, 30 minutes later, now your shoulder's hurting. Now you're telling me that's hurt. So, I get to poking around on that. Guess what? That's dislocated, also, you know, or things evolve or cardiac. Um, you know, you're telling me you're having a uh, little chest pain. 30 minutes later, I'm doing CPR on you. You know, it things change in a blink of an eye in rural EMS. That's, see, and, uh... See, I thought this was gonna be more about stuff
0: stuck in people's butts. That's I I thought those were the stories that you were gonna have, and then but it is interesting because a lot of the stuff I never think of.
2: Oh, I mean, we uh, so yeah, craziest thing like that was a guy got stuck in one of his 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 rings that goes like I don't even know how to describe this contraption he was stuck in, but it's like it splits his private. It's like it splits them in two with like this metal ring okay we haven't tried this one bobby yeah like we we had to take him to the trauma center like we took him to the community hospital because we were like i don't know what to do with this like i'm not i can't get that off <laughs> like, i don't
0: was, even know how to get it on there right was, <laughs> were they was he conscious
2: 100 conscious and was was
0: the issue that he couldn't get it, couldn't get, it off, off. get it off that was the it's only like issue one
2: we show up scratching our head and it came over the radio i guess and, and those are public radio waves so like, everybody heard this like has a scanner at their house That's awesome and i was just like like we're cracking up on the way out there. Like, I, I'm curious, like it, it strikes your curiosity of <laughs> what's going on. And you get there and you just like,
3: uh.
2: wow. Like, so <laughs> I don't know how to feel about this. Like, you know, you want to stare, but you don't want to stare. You're like, are you okay? So was this per- was this person, uh, were Com- they embarrassed about, completely about it? Completely okay with everything. I like, in- just spread. We got there. He's sitting on the bed with his one leg kicked up on the bedpost. Like,
1: it, well, and this I feel like that would like, be
2: almost what is
1: like, no, like. we cannot help you.
2: <laughs> so I, I told him, "From you're going to need a surgeon." Like I don't, uh, is, I don't know. So do you know
1: anymore. what happened? They cut it off. Yeah, they had to
2: co- they had actually um, cut it off. I don't know how. Yeah. They, they took him to surgery to do it. They put him to sleep to do it. At a trauma center, so he went huh. to the community hospital, like we just <laughs> talking about, and sure enough, they transferred him forty five minutes down the road oh to the
0: gosh. trauma center. But I figured that people would be like that.
2: Just like me
0: sleeping in the nude, I would be, I mean, like if I went outside in the fire, if someone was like, you're naked, I'd be like, there's a fire. (laughs) I mean, I'd be like, why are you concerned? Why are you looking
1: at me? Why are you
0: concerned with me being naked? (laughs) There's a fire right here. And I would be like. Yeah. So, I mean, but I would figure that they would be like that. So one time I joke with Bobby, I go, I go, we need to start making porn. And she goes, I don't want people we know to see us doing porn. I go, but they're the ones that are they're looking there. at uh, We're yeah. yeah, we're just putting out. They're the freaks that are looking yeah. at it. So I, do, so I would be like, you shouldn't be. I don't think those people have shame. And well, I, I will also say this. If you don't have shame, you're not going to. Someone right. can't like you can't show up and that guy be spread eagle and there's n- there's probably not a single comment you could have made where he'd be like I'm sorry let me cover up no, right. not at all yeah
2: and 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 in this field like people have no shame like it's shocking like I, no couth. you know it's just like this is us. Like here we are and i mean I've, I've i've walked in where where people have you know Video, adult videos going on TV, and they're dead of a heart attack. It's just like, you, you know, you're trying to do CPR, and they got this thing like surround sound hooked up. So imagine the sounds that are coming out of the speaker so We turn and you're, that down. Yeah, and you're like talking. We have like, neighbors, and, and then you're talking on the radio to dispatch and your backup, and the they background. can hear it coming on the background. They're cracking up, like, and we're just like, oh, somebody unplug it, something, oh, and they're like going to town, and we're trying to do things here, and it's just you definitely like that's common like that's what keeps this job that's why you do this job right see but th- that's that's why I told you not I did,
0: he's not doing the job for me to die peacefully in my sleep right it's for me to die on the shit or eating that's a hilarious. sandwich that I wouldn't ever eat
1: okay but that's happened so
0: okay so we need we'll to come up to with a different
1: idea yeah. cuz it sounds like that's common
0: yeah i'll think on it for you <laughs> Well, we need to make sure we preserve my religion. body. So, the thing that I, the way I want to be buried, so I my 401k is like non existent. So, the way that I think that I can provide for Bobby after I pass is I want to sell tickets for people that they're going to use a catapult to try to shoot my body into the grave. And It'll be like, and it's not, it's going to be like 50 yards away. So, it's not, it's going to be a difficult shot. And the deal is, so all the tickets are sold in advance. So sell like uh, a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of tickets. There, you know, a hundred dollars a piece, and sell so like, like you get, is
2: it one shot or are they?
0: You, go you, get so you, so and do you can it buy again. as many, However many tickets, tickets you buy. But wow. the, the deal is you have bought the ticket. So if the first person does it and gets it, it then then you still. Over. Then you have or then I still went i yeah. did i <laughs> i did say that i am dead so i don't give a shit that you could just keep drag have everyone have a shit, yeah. and i just and you can duct tape me up and do whatever <laughs> and people are like it's funny because when bobby the first time i told her this cuz i've talked about this on multiple occasions uh when i talked to her our attorney a uh, friend uh, john humphrey they both said the same thing. Why wouldn't you just get cremated and put into a ball? I go. Do you want to see a ball catapulted right. across a graveyard, or do you want to see this six foot lanky guy, six foot five <laughs> lanky guy, guy just flying through the air? <laughs> yeah.
2: So, but what's so crazy is you like you'd make money off that. <laughs> I do People would I do it I agree with that People would definitely show up Like, I gotta buy, I'd buy a ticket I, I, I gotta see this guy Right Yeah I wanna <laughs> see this I mean it would
0: be It would be like For the current generation It would be like My generation When Can Evil Knievel Tried to s- jump the snake right, river exactly. Everyone would just So in awe right. It doesn't matter How good it ends up being They'll just Oh I wanna see this You gotta see this guy fail like, I know
1: Well you gotta put it In your will or something Don't
0: you Yeah It's a rite of sepulcher I can write that okay. in there And we can You can do whatever you want Okay yeah, your is
2: pretty much a free for all, I think. Okay. You know, you can get like advanced directives and things like yeah. that. Okay. It's pretty much whatever you want. All
0: right. I had also thought about being deboned, have all of my bones taken out and stuffed and then like, like I a think. It, well, yeah. I mean because the cost would be cheap. I would think that it would be easy to pull bones out. I don't know that for sure. And then you just go to Build-A-Bear at the mall and you fill me up with, with stuffing. Skin. Yeah, and you could put like a little thing in my heart so I made a sound. Oh. oh, But then it would be like Weekend at Bernie's that each of my friends that would is, get me for like three days and they could just hang out and take I me places. I watched
2: that movie when I was a kid, like repeatedly for some reason. Like surely my mom didn't know I was watching it. I'm not sure, but like we watched that a lot as a kid. <laughs>
0: For oh, some yeah. reason,
2: <laughs> here's the thing. I want to make fun of
0: that statement. Like, who watches it repeatedly? But I've, I I have a kid. I, was I have an uncommon <laughs> familiarity with a movie to make me feel like I've watched yeah, it a lot sure of times. I'm sure you've seen
1: it multiple times.
0: And see, I think it's also easier for you to have watched it multiple. I would have had to actually get a videotape, probably. <laughs> rent it somewhere, because I'm not going to pay $90 for a VHS tape. Yeah uh so i would i had to rent it and then watch it rewind it take it back so i don't think i've probably seen it quite that many times but i sure know the weekend yeah
2: so what do you think about the um the ai stuff the brain chip thing that like elon musk what do you think about that No, no no thank you
0: no no
2: and i don't i don't
0: i don't want dumb people to be smart because of technology technology
2: yeah i agree You know, I was watching, um, you know, I follow up with stuff like that because I I was, what made me think of it was, you know, you're talking about what you want after you die. Right. What if, like, what if your conscience never dies kind of thing? You know, um, that was kind of, I I was following up and I think it could be used for some good things. Right. Like what I think he's initially intending for, like to cure blindness and whatever, whatever. But that technology is going to go in the wrong way. Right, oh yeah, for sure. for sure. Okay, I'm gonna
0: I'm gonna sound horrible here, and I know we have a studio uh, or a studio audience, so th- they don't need to listen to this part. Um, I would really prefer them solving baldness before blindness, and this is gonna sound horrible, but blind people don't know what they look like, and I do. I need hair, and I know how awful that sounds, but they. So here this is why I was never a Star Trek fan. So in Star Trek the Next Generation, I think it's LeVar Burton has he's blind and he has glasses so he can see. Right. But yet the captain is still bald and I'm like there is no way that they make glasses to solve blindness, blindness. before they're going to the captain's not no, the captain's going to have long flowing hair. Yep. That's why all of Like Captain America. Yes. Yeah. Everyone's going to have a full head of hair. You know, as soon as you start losing your hair, you're no longer. I talk about, I've talked about this on the show before, where if you think about the gods, like the Greek and Roman gods, they, had they long, all had long, yeah. flowing hair. But if you think about the thinkers, Socrates and Plato, bald. all bald.
2: Why is that?
1: Well, maybe you're thinking we think, too hard. I know, your we're pulling our hair out, yeah.
0: thinking about stupidity out there. <laughs> I mean, how often did you. Well, look, maybe
1: they will cure baldness then. And blindness, and
2: I think they probably could if they really wanted to. Yeah, because because I mean, you can make a baby in like a test tube now. And like, right. I mean, like I you can, can make a goat or yeah. a sheep or whatever.
1: You so can make your kids' eye
0: color
2: before <laughs> it's ever born. Surely they got a we'll way around that. I,
0: I think about this way, it's way too much. Just for men, much. hair plugs. Oh my gosh! If Does I. That
1: work? If I I could, I mean, hair plugs do, but I don't know if those are a good idea. But
0: (laughs) seems painful. I (laughs) I don't think so. Oh my gosh, no, I don't think hair plugs. I can imagine like like, plucking my eyebrows. Right. I can imagine sticking
1: something. Yeah, yeah, I
0: just want it to regrow. I don't want them to surgery my head. I don't need to do any of that. I just want them to say. Oh, if you eat this or drink this yes. or smoke this, your hair will grow. Your hair will grow. Oh my God, how crazy would that be if if there was a strain of of marijuana out there that no one knew, and they're like, "Hey, I just made this," and then like the next day I woke up and I was like, like a werewolf. I was yeah. like Thor. I just had this <laughs> long. Oh, Thor. Flowing. That's what I meant. Yes. Oh, not a werewolf. A werewolf. Thanks <laughs> a lot. Yes. Well, why would it
1: just grow on your head?
0: So we've had this discussion many times <laughs> where if they, it's because. They were talking about how they were trying to make a pill to, to cure baldness. I'm like, but how do you limit it to right, just exactly
1: here? You, I mean,
2: yeah, I don't see how. You, I mean, genetically, you probably could, but as far as just a pill goes, I don't see how.
1: You uh, would be hairy, uh, hairy all everywhere. over.
2: So, would,
0: like would a you,
1: werewolf. And she's already and no.
0: Yeah, she's already made it abundantly <laughs> clear that she would rather me be hairless
2: than completely hairy.
0: If you wake like up Sasquatch. like a
1: werewolf, you might be dead already. Oh wow. I never had- <laughs> <laughs>
2: I never had, I mean, everybody in my family, like my grandparents, like my great-granddad, he died at like 100, and he still had hair. Like my uh. dad still has hair, like and, and colorful hair, too, Like which we were all blonde, but they, um, like my grandma, she, I think she might be dying it now, but she still got blonde hair, though.
0: So it reminds me, I did, did yeah. point it out, when we were at church last week, it was funny, a couple rows in front of us is probably seven or eight old ladies and they all had gray hair except this one had jet black jet hair. Black. <laughs> yeah, it was jet black and she was like right in the middle. It was just funny you're like looking at her, like yeah, yeah. You you may have gone to see She's her She's not accepting the gray way. hair. Yeah, it's
1: it's <laughs>
2: definitely genetic. So, I mean, I was shaving in 6th grade.
1: Wow.
0: See, I was I was adopted so I never knew any like any of that. And when so I lived in on South St. Pete Beach. Uh, when I shaved my head in '93, and it was all one length, it was probably about like yours, about uh, back to my shoulder, and I was playing basketball outdoors yeah, in I was the summertime. I was like, and yeah. so I went home and shaved it one day, thinking <laughs> I, I have a full head of hair, you know, Never. no big deal. So I met her a couple years later, so we decided to get we were getting married. She goes, "Hey, I would love for you to grow your hair out for the wedding." I go. No problem, babe. (laughs) That ship sailed. Yeah, that ship had... And if I... (laughs) I don't know how I would have... I probably wouldn't have wanted to see it. So maybe it was best that I went from a full head to just... Right. Because I had done it to myself. I had looked at it. So I was... It wasn't like I was watching it go out. She told me we watched some... Oh, the Glass Onion Mm -hmm. this week that had Dave Bautista in it. Mm -hmm. And... His head shaved, but the top of his head is all wrinkly.
1: It's oh. weird. It looks like she was brain like,
0: brain. I would force you to grow hair. And I'm like, but I can't. She goes, We would figure <laughs> it would out. Wear a wig, though, Yeah. Though. There'd be some is his and
2: head really like that or was it like that for the movie? I haven't seen that No, movie. it's I, I think,
0: think it's, it's really, really like, like that. that. Yeah. It's just kind of
1: It's like bumpy.
0: It's just yeah. It's not like a good like, bald like head. there's yeah. <laughs> like like hit the top of his head is part Sharpe. Gotcha. like that type dog wow. yeah yeah it's it's weird. it's weird seeing people's
2: necks like
1: that yeah
0: yeah, yeah no but i do think about <laughs> that i see sh- she'll know when like uh someone with nice hair comes in a guy with nice hair like somewhere because i'll just stop and i'll be looking and like this this one this I'm black like, guy oh. came in and he had like these the uh gray and black dreads like uh <laughs> or yeah gray and black yeah. all the way down to his waist and i was like I told Bobby, I go, if I woke up tomorrow with that hair, I go, I literally would run the world. Yeah. I don't know how, but I just think that, I don't even think I'd have to try. I think I would just be able to go out and be like, hey, yeah. and everyone look at me I'm and be like. I'm in charge. Yeah, I'm in charge. <laughs> yeah, and then guys, I would do like a hair flip. Hair flip, yeah. yeah and they'd be like, <laughs> yes, you are. But I'm, I'm not Road sure. for but, president. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that that should be it. Yeah, I may have to run for governor, though, because our, our friend Daniel... I forgot that he, like, I know he wants to run for governor someday, but I think he can wait a couple years. He's only, like, 12. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, I know, right? He looks so young, and I feel
0: so bad for him because the amount of information he knows yes. about marijuana and marijuana laws yes. and cannabis, just all of that. that this his went- lifestyle. I think we
2: talked about that before, you know, it's like this industry is a lifestyle.
0: It is. But, you know, when old people who don't know shit think, oh, I'm going to put this young person in their place. And he said once, he (laughs) goes, I've had to tell people, I am writing this bill. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Right. Right.
0: And I'm sure that a lot of people, okay, sure you are. Because he does. He does does look young. And and what's
2: crazy is like, he has that, 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 the way of talking to people where people that you're talking about that are like, okay, he'll have them vote for his bill for his I know. with You know, it's
0: crazy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's
2: amazing. <laughs> okay. So,
0: um, what is the craziest thing? I know there had to be things stuck in people's butts. I don't know why I'm hung up on this, but I, I did. Cause I think that that, that I think that that you would have to spend a lot more time deciding, do I call for help? You mean the person? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. mean, like, it, I would be so like if I cut my arm open, I'd be like, oh, I'm calling 911. But if I have something stuck in my bottom, whether I put it there on pers- uh, on purpose yeah. or somehow,
2: well, you never do it on- in- intentionally. You always accidentally fall on it. That's how it works. No, hold what on. <laughs> no, hold on. I, w- I fell. <laughs> you fell so on it. Yeah, okay. I I did say this because I go, no one
0: would believe this story at our very first house in Olathe. Like It was a dual sink. My sink was like when the door was open, my sink was in front of it. And one day... (laughs) Fell on a toothbrush. No, I I was was naked. The door was open and I was naked and I went to pick something up off the ground and I stumbled and fell backwards and I just hit the doorknob. But I was like, if I would have got impaled on that doorknob, (laughs) there's no way that people... Especially if anyone knows me, there's no way they would have said like, "Oh, it was an accident. <laughs> you stumbled, did you?" <laughs> so, but so everyone had an accident, but was that common? I mean, I just feel like that's probably more common than most people.
2: Yeah, it's um it's pretty common. That is uh, and like, it, or is it, it may not be like butt stuff, but like sexual stuff. There's that's really common of some sorts like what my story earlier or that, but I don't. I'm trying to think if I've ever actually personally picked up something, somebody with something up their butt. I don't so, really are there it, a
0: lot yeah. of sex injuries, or yeah, are they sure. more sexual
2: entanglements?
0: I mean, like th- that one guy had se- had something yeah, caught entangled. on it.
2: The body's pretty resistant. Okay, so <laughs> so
0: so I did. So I had a dislocated thumb during sex with Bobby that required <laughs> surgery. And it was funny because no one ever fucking believes me. So I did it on the weekend, and I had, I had already had surgery on my left hand, my thumb, and I was actually going on Monday to see my my uh, surgeon to get a shot of my hand. And so she's like, how's your hand doing? And I joked with her, I go, well, this is actually my good thumb now. And she goes, what do you mean? And I showed her my other thumb, which was huge, and she goes, oh, my God, what happened? I go, well... I go, Bobby and I, I go, I was on top and it just dislocated and she's like, No, seriously. I'm like, seriously, this is yeah. why would I be shy to tell you this? <laughs> but man, people would get mad because when I would tell them that. So so you say that it was more like an entanglement, yeah, like, like something like
2: piercings get entangled Ooh. like like uh, like male organs piercing Ouch. they get hung up in tongue rings and things like that. Oh, that was that was pretty. interesting.
0: See, and that's stuff I would have <laughs> never thought of. Not not. I mean, you could have asked me. Uh, <laughs>
2: I didn't see that until like Atlanta, because South Georgia, you know, that's that's kind of rare. Like people I and mean, there's there's definitely a population in South Georgia that has those types of piercings. But in the more metro areas, that's where, right. like, you know, you, right. More, more chance of that craziness. Ouch. So so I'm Be still careful. I'm
0: still going to say that. So I used to think like sex wings and things like that were like toys or to, to make sex better but as i get older like a sex swing like i'm not holding anyone up during sex anymore so <laughs> right. i think that's nice it's, right right it's nice. so you have a sex swing in, in, involved but that's probably where these people are dying they're like oh i can still hold my wife up and they pick her up and then Phew.
2: yeah I, yeah no now that, that happened. i mean back pain I, you will get like uh oh I, I hurt my back you get there and you just look around at the scene and you're like huh what, what, we, and like part of our question and our part of our assessment is like well what were you doing when you hurt your back <laughs> i was just laying here and you're like poor <laughs> shit <laughs> did you get to call bs yeah, yeah, i mean i, did, I call him out, i'm like look <laughs> come on I, you got to tell <laughs> really me this now. right like it's two o'clock in the morning i'm out here with you I don't feel well myself, and here I am. You got to tell me a story now. Lie to me and make it better.
1: Right. See, and that's what's kind of weird, is that
2: would be the good story to
0: tell, but they will tell you the bad story. I had a tell me someone that I knew I overheard him telling a story that he went to tie his shoes and he's overweight. He went to tie his shoes and passed out. And I'm just like, why are you telling that? Don't tell that story. That does not make you that's not in a good light. But yet if they, you know. You know, in this case, they'd be like, "No, I was just laying here and I rolled over. My
2: back, my back went out. Really? Yeah. Like I was. Um. So I've I've got scoliosis, really bad. And um. Like that was. I had like the worst story. I was on the toilet and just turned for a piece of toilet paper and like slipped a disc.
3: And I, I haven't.
2: like, only people that know, like, I don't tell that story because that's that's stupid. Like, I don't want to tell that story. It's awful. But yet you just
0: told it to us, or our
2: audience. Hold on one second. Hold on. I think (laughs) there, they're clapping for you right now. They're like, "What a story." told that story to anybody
0: you know that's
1: when it happens you're tying your shoe you bend over your back goes
0: well i i will say the first time i've had back issues a couple times the first time i threw my back out i was tying my shoe i was sitting in a chair my shoes were on i remember i tied my left shoe all i did was go to turn to tie my right shoe and i i told her i go it felt like someone took a metal rod shoved it all the way up my ass (laughs) like all the way up my spine i mean it takes your breath away yeah and then (laughs) And then it was like, I was just, I was just strong enough to stand up, and you don't, you can't get your legs shake. It was just <laughs> in incra- crazy, so. Okay, Blaine, I am so glad that you were on the show yeah. again. So, and we will have you on again soon, and we're just gonna talk about whatever we want to talk about at that point. But I wanted to hear some of these stories because, I never would have thought about a lot of this stuff. I mean, yeah. seriously, like. I was thinking that the people do weird stuff, but it's the less weird stuff. Like, I piercing's getting tangled. I wouldn't have thought about that, but when you mentioned that, I'm like, oh, yeah.
2: Then how do you call? <laughs> right? I mean. Unfortunately, we don't get to hear that usually. The dispatchers do oh, that, that pleasure. But, um, you know, like when you told me what you wanted to talk about on the show, I was like racking my brain. And I have so many, like, like there are books. Like, paramedics have written books. On uh-huh. like their calls and stuff, wow. and um, it, you know, just hearing the stories, like yeah, I can relate. You know, like, the way people pronunciate uh, different medications, it's like what did you just say, right? <laughs> you know, and um, you know, crazy stories, and and there's just so many of them. That that's and definitely awesome. like think of the most craziest thing that you could possibly imagine in your brain, and just multiply that by like a hundred. Yeah, it, it and that, and that's better. the thing. I don't think I can I <laughs> right. don't think I can. I mean, I I
0: I sit there and. I'll see videos on YouTube or whatever. Like there's the inbred family in West Virginia that I've seen, that and I'm just like.
2: I have those in South Georgia? <laughs>
0: <laughs> is that is that prevalent there too? Alabama. Yeah. Kissing yeah. cousins. Yeah, I mean when we lived in DeSoto, and I won't say that they were. There was a. They were. There is DeSoto, a family Florida? that it was allegedly no, no Desoto, DeSoto H- Kansas, Kansas, yeah, yeah like uh, thirty, uh, no, 20, Lawrence, yeah, yeah, between here and Lawrence. Um, there is a family that allegedly, family. Like, yeah, because of the way that they acted and the way they looked and things. That <laughs> for sure, it, it's not a large jump. I mean, it's not like oh well, I I can't believe you're saying that. You look at them, you're like, oh, I, I could believe that. So I don't know if they really were or not, but that's what I always wonder. Like, how many in the rural area? Because no one ever checks on those people.
2: Yeah, no, they, there's definitely uh, families out there that have a very narrow, tall family tree. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, it, they don't branch out often. I've never oh my thought about gosh. that. But that's. that's
0: weird. <laughs> does so, and that's probably a whole different yeah. episode. But does that have you had to deal with? Medical calls specifically for something like because they were so inbred that they
2: no, not really. I mean, we have our suspicions, <laughs> but okay. but as far as you know, actual issues due to that, I mean, things are, kind I mean, because
0: this down family down. like one of them barks like a dog, and the sad thing is, like, they went to high school, one and of them, so- did.
2: one of them graduated oh, I, high school. I do that, did just ring a bell, so yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, so there was a uh, in South Georgia, they were, it was like a, they were weird. Let me just uh-huh. start off by saying that. And um, they were like semi-homeless. They had a house, but they were like lived on the street also kind of thing. Uh huh. And um, like, we would go to fights for the two brothers fighting about which one got to sleep with the mama that night for like her birthday, like on holidays and like things like that. That was like her gift to their, her sons was to do that with them. And they would like get in physical fights, like with beer bottle, like hitting each other with beer bottles and stuff and. We'd get called out, caught, and yeah, and I mean, obviously, they, had never one of them been
0: introduced to the term
2: sloppy seconds.
0: Yeah, I'm I guess, sorry, I just had
2: to yeah, bring. It, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, <laughs> they. Um, that was I, I forgot about them until just now, honestly. Uh, well, you pro- it well, probably you're wasn't, welcome. Yeah, it, <laughs> yeah, it was probably <laughs> wasn't
0: forgetting so much as suppressing that memory. Sometimes, no, we, I mean,
2: we learn these people by names. Like when you do this long enough, you learn ad. Like you hear an address, you get torn up to an address. Like yeah, that's Miss So and that's missed uh, uh, Shit. I deal with these fucking crazies you uh, know and yeah. um i mean that, that happens all the time we like i know they're so like not now but like you'll remember their social security number their birthday medical Sheesh. history Like you'll start remembering because you type that stuff in your report all the time so like three or four times in 24 hours and they call right. you back to back uh, and and you don't forget these people because it's just craziness you know you get people that like like stuff with dogs and like all kinds of crazy stuff and like you don't forget that right <laughs> yeah yeah, I mean, there's certain things that you're not, yeah, that... It's just crazy, like, people, like, sheltered people here that you don't realize, like, this stuff really happens. Like, it's still happening in the States. <laughs> uh,
0: that's so sad. So I'm going to ask you, and this is probably for another show, so depending on your answer here, but did you ever have issues, like, safety What? Because every once in a while now <laughs> you'll hear about someone calling... First responders and then trying to ambush them. Did you ever have to do, did you ever fear for your safety going in? Not because like it's a fire and you're yeah. that, I mean, <laughs> something that's going on, but like once you arrive to a situation, it was dramatically different than it was presented at and it, it put your safety or your
2: fear. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That happens quite a bit too. Cause again, it's, you, we're getting our information from a dispatcher who's not there. That's getting, Only thing that dispatcher can tell you is what she was told by some random person on the other end of the phone. Um, So as far as being ambushed, not really that. I know there's been a bunch of incidents, especially in the bigger cities where that happens. But everything that I've dealt with has been, um, you know, we'll get called to somebody and they're having like a schizophrenic episode and then they're like off the chain. And um, there was one call where we... We were told to stage, you know, there's an assault. We, we stage, wait for law enforcement because a lot of times EMS can get there. Well, not all, a lot of times, but there are, it is feasible for EMS to make it there before anybody else, just based on where we are at that particular right. time. So we were told to stage until the Sheriff's Department. Some of these counties in rural Georgia, I mean, you're talking about like, I don't remember square miles, so to speak, but to drive from one county line to another on a backcountry road running 65 miles an hour. On a two lane back country road, it still takes you forty minutes to go from one side to the other. That's pretty right, big, right? And for a county, and um, those counties that are that big, they only have like two or three sheriff's department or two or three sheriff's officers working that whole county, right? You know, here there's a cop every block or something crazy yeah. like that. But um, you know, some of these counties, there's only uh, Seminole County, which is down by the lake. They only have like two at night, and um, to run that whole entire county and so anyways, we were staging and uh, it was assault. We got there and we pull up and we go into this house and the guy is like, there's there's two guys standing there. There's this lady who just had her head bashed in with this little concrete uh, garden gnome looking thing. And um, we were like, what happened? He's like, oh, I, I, she, she stole money from me. So I hit her in the head. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> you know, like, all right, you know, I'm gonna ease out. Right. But I mean, it never was I really fearful. I mean, we've been shot at and that's obviously kind of, has a poker factor, but it nothing. was that was that because you were shot at because you're
0: arriving. It's and someone didn't want you to show up, or you have no idea. I mean, it's, that's
2: what we're told. But I mean, honestly, in that particular situation, it was like I really don't know why we got shot at, other than just right. somebody just shooting a gun at law enforcement or us or whatever. It, I, know this, I know this happened.
0: I know this question is probably going to be a quick answer and probably doesn't. It probably needs to be expanded on. And I will say that. Your last comment probably kind of answered it. So here in Kansas City metro area, some of the police stations are trying to get Narcan so that they can treat overdoses. Um my personal feeling it's not a defund the police, it's a refund the police, move it <laughs> elsewhere. Because I, I don't like I my my thought is why are they the first response? Why should they be administering that? Because if it was a compound fracture, they would wait for you to get there. So why are that not? And I get it. There sometimes there could be some issues with. I don't know. No, it,
2: definitely. There's definitely complications to Narcan, or they can be. Okay. Um, do do I think police should have Narcan? Yes. Do I think they need to be damn well educated on it? Yes. Okay. Because if you're not educated on it, it's you know some of them are getting auto injectors where they're just given two milligrams or one milligram in the nose. That's actually probably going to be way too much and can definitely cause complications. But like when we start our Narcan protocol, and we're given like 0.4 milligrams in increments, just enough to get them back. You know, because these people are, you know, if they're not if they're not breathing, that's that's where they would want to have Narcan. Because I pick people op- overdose all the time that are unresponsive, and that's just recreational hibernation. You know, that's what we call it. Right. And, I mean, they're just recreational hibernation, and let them sleep, don't want to wake up the bear, kind of don't poke the bear. As long as they're breathing, it's fine. And we test breathing not based on oxygen levels or respiratory rate or anything like that. We base it on um, exhaled CO2 because that's the byproduct. Of okay, what, That's how I can check my patient's metabolism or what is, how their body's metabolizes based on their Byproduct, which is CO two. I don't care what their respiratory rate. You, a bear is three hundred pounds and completely healthy, or four hundred whatever pounds, completely healthy. They only breathe what one times every five minutes. They're in hibernation or something. Oh, or whatever, whatever bear. Right. Uh, I have, have no. But you idea. know, they, they, their right. respiratory rate lowers dramatically. Right. And, um, you know, if if you overdo it on drugs, then, you know, it in your respiratory rate because your body, your whole body's slowing down. It's not metabolizing as fast because everything's slowed down. But, um definitely feel like if a cop is trained adequately and they feel like that patient that person needs narcan then go for it yeah i
0: just it to me that's my biggest thing i i just always wonder about maybe you shouldn't be the first responder or you should wait yeah i'm also a big thing like I will say that I have tried nicotine, alcohol, and cannabis in my lifetime, but there are some other things that I may or may not try somewhere down the line. Right. But I know that there's an inherent risk, even if it's minimal. I know that there could be a risk with that. And to me, and I know not everyone's like, there are a lot of people who are like, Oh, I did something. I didn't know that was going to happen. I didn't know that was going to be the response. I'm like, if I freak out, like I've told Bobby, Hey, if I decide to do a something sometime and I freak out and it changes me, you can leave me. Don't, don't feel <laughs> right. bad. Cause
2: I mean, I don't want that to happen, but <laughs> yeah. I'm
0: saying you don't have to stay with crazy. There's right. no reason that you first stay with crazy.
2: <laughs> now, I definitely feel like, <clears throat> um, they, there are other options that they could probably do before. Like, like basic life. So, like breathing with a BVM. you know, the, the bag and the right. mask and breathe for this person until somebody can get there. Because me as a, because what's going to happen ultimately on, on most cases, not all the time, most cases, They're going to give the Narcan. And the reason they have to be there first because they are so – they're floating around everywhere. You know, The unit for that area may be still 10 minutes away, dropping off a patient at the hospital before they can come. Right. So that's why they're there first. Um, Fire department in bigger cities, they tend to have ALS units, which have paramedics on their fire trucks. They tend to have medications, and they're trained paramedics, like we are on the ambulance. Right. Those places tend to have really good – they have a really good system set up like right. that. and uh, cuz the fire department can get there before ambulance or whatever and they can actually assess that patient with equipment with knowledge higher knowledge level and see if that patient actually needs the narcan or not cuz if not the police will give the narcan then now now you're running risk for seizures vomiting things can go really bad and now if they're vomiting they have no way to suction vomit of this unresponsive person or they come up fighting right you know and now we're having to, we get there and have to deal with that and now we're having to give them Ativan or some kind of benzo to make them calm down, and uh, so it's a tool that they should have, in my opinion. But it's a tool that they should really, weigh, re- really weigh whether they should use it or not.
0: The reason I'd ask about that was the the fentanyl. There was the police officer that had OD'd on yeah, fentanyl or what, and the, it said that the police officers they gave him gave her three shot or yeah. whatever of Narcan. I'm like. Do you even know that was the right amount? Ima- I mean, like, that was my thing. I, I was like, I just, like, I probably would have preferred if I was the patient, can we just see if someone else may arrive? <laughs>
2: right. So, yeah, Narcan is a, it's, it's an emergency use drug. So it's basically it is stated that in an emergency situation, there is no no contraindication, I guess, in an emergency okay, situation. Right. Kind of like... um like oxygen or something, right? Mean, like in, in true emergencies. So, it, if I probably would not, I, and I don't know that whole story, I heard something about it, right? But for me to give that much Narcan on the ambulance, they would have to not be breathing in total and unresponsive, so forth. And they, um, I would have definitely given that in smaller increments, building up to four milligrams. Cause I have given someone that I did my assessment on, they're not. They're not breathing adequately. As far as they're not, their byproduct is not exhaling enough CO two that I wanted to see for that person. And I've given, I've given four or five milligrams, but in smaller increments, building up to that, and just until they get to their respiratory starts picking up, until that CO two starts coming off of them, and um, because it actually will start building up in the body because they're not breathing it, exhaling it out, which causes a lot of problems, right? pH because your CO two is actually an acid in your body. So your body becomes acidic, which is cellular death, and right, it's bad for you, man. Yeah, there's a lot that goes into it for sure. Yeah. Okay. Blaine, (laughs)
0: thanks for being on the show again. So, and I actually have a whole bunch more questions (laughs) about this. That even just talking while we're talking it out, it it leads me to more questions. So, but next time we'll just have a random. We'll just it it won't be that dissimilar from this time. We'll talk about a lot of things. So we do have our studio audience. Skylar was in. Hold on. Oh listen to the crowd. The crowds are going crazy as, as Skyler's here. Hold on. I guess she would be part of the crowd that was just going. anywhere. you got you got an ovation, Skylar. So thank you for being here at the she's, the studio today. I appreciate that. She's awesome so, sidekick. Yeah. So uh, and I will tell you, Skylar, next time you're here, Dakota is going to do the same exact thing <laughs> she's gone through today with you. So uh, to everyone else, thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, I'm Roe, I'm the stone genius. I want to thank Bobby. Bobby had to walk out on us a little while ago to help one of our kids do something. Who knows what. I feel as a father, I should know more what she was helping her do. But I'm all right not knowing that. Yeah, I'm all right not knowing that. (laughs) So for everyone else, I want to thank uh, Blaine Lewis for being here. Uh, Once again, it's uh, Black underscore underscore Canopy Farms is your Instagram. So follow him. That's what he was on before. uh, Cannabis grower here in Kansas City. Former EMT... No, paramedic. 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 Former paramedic. Okay. Everyone else, thanks for listening to the show. I'll talk to you all next time. (laughs) Bye.